0: Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we explain how Matt Rule, the Panthers' head coach, is responsible, okay, somewhat responsible, for why Cliff Kingsbury is now coaching in the NFL. Is this the week the Cardinals get their ground game going? And yes, we asked that same question a week ago. Also, some good news on the injury front. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 322, and it starts now. So we all received a reminder, MJ, on just how serious things can be with COVID-19. You get ready for practice to turn the page to the Carolina Panthers, and you wake up to the news that the Titans-Steelers game on Sunday has been postponed, perhaps rescheduled for Monday or Tuesday. We'll have to wait and see on that. Because of the number of positive cases the Titans have had, not only with the players, but some of their staff as well, not that anyone hasn't been taking this seriously, but three weeks in, everything all good. And now, well, a little bit of a bump in the road, hopefully, for the 2020 regular season.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the first part of this is, according to the commissioner, he wasn't surprised. And I got to think they have a playbook. And we've talked about, you know, if this happened earlier in the season, they did have, you know, a 14 game schedule, 12 game schedule. Now it's interesting once you start the season. You're talking about division games when the teams have bye week. Um, You know the unfortunate thing is uh, for at least the Titans, they're not going to be able to be at the facility. Um, You know everything's going to be virtual now. According to Mike Vrabel, they don't have any uh, issues in in test wise. But yeah, it's just a reminder. And you know in this case, you know Minnesota uh, looks like they're uh, they're clean with their roster, but. It just goes to show you you can't relax. And, and Rabel said, hey, we've we followed all the protocol. Um, again, though, guys got to buy in. Now, one of the disappointing things I saw over the, uh, yesterday was the Raiders. Um, they had a function, and it was videoed. There were people in the crowd, no masks. First of all, these players, last time I checked, usually like September and October, there's a lot of um, uh, charity events on Tuesdays just because, you know, the players are obviously here. Uh, they want to give back to the community. Those have all been canceled. So for the Raiders to pull this off, and, and they deserve to get fined. They've already been fined hundred grand for Gruden and the team 250000 But But what, what is Carr out there doing? I mean, because, again, once you go out, you can bring that back home and you can bring it to the facility. So um, I think Tom Reid at the Cardinals, and it only takes one guy, though, but – You know, Cliff has to remind these guys it's only week three. got a long ways to go.
0: Yeah, Kingsbury said he did bring it up in the team meeting yesterday. Quote, got to stay vigilant, and a number of players have discussed it. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds. So it's not just yourself. You have to kind of be wary of the guy next to you as well. So knock on wood, this is just a, a, a public service announcement, if you will, a reminder, as you said, that, hey, let's stay on top of this so it doesn't get out of control. All right. Speaking of practice on Wednesday, how about some good news and the fact that both center Mason Cole and wide receiver Christian Kirk did participate during the open portion of practice Cole has not been on the field for the past 2 weeks because of a, a hamstring issue and in Kirk missed last Sunday because of a groin injury. Not sure what this is going to mean Thursday, Friday and then it's Sunday, but at least this is a step in the right direction to perhaps get two of your starters on offense back on game day.
1: Yeah, we we know how the uh usually when when guys are limited or they're not practicing, the, there's a, a a part of that before where they can be on the field whether we're out there or not and you do some running and then eventually you will gradually uh, get to the main field um, we still got three more days of practice um, you know when you look at Mont Gilliard um, I think he came in in a pinch and did a nice job but you know he's only going to be making his third start if this happens to be the case and, and there's a reason why Mason Cole won that job so I would assume if Cole is healthy and good to go, that he gets to be the starter, and then you're probably going to have to dress Killier just because of the, the hamstring. Um, you know, it's going to be hot and humid. You know, maybe, maybe I don't I haven't looked at the weather forecast, but it could be there in, in Charlotte. And then for Christian Kirk, it's it, I think it's important that you know he gets back on the field, but you know, he doesn't want to have any setbacks. And it's good that he didn't put him on IR to return. That means minimum three weeks. So, hey. Uh, it's important to be on the practice field Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then obviously it's going to be a coaching decision. But I think if both are healthy, both are starters, I think both uh, are will we'll play then.
0: I'll say this though about Gilliard, he hasn't done anything. At least for my eyes, I don't know how the coaches are breaking down the film to sit there and go, "All right, Mason, we need you back now." I, you know, it's one of those things to where. Not that you want to be cautious. I mean, you do want to be cautious. It's not like you need to rush him back. And if he needs another week, give him another week because Gilliard, at least from what I've seen, and then just a couple uh, of players, including Justin Pugh, they like how he's performed in Cole's absence.
1: No, I, I agree. And and when he was, uh, got the nod when Cole was uh, on the shelf, I said, I think he's more athletic. Um, I don't know about strength. I mean, Mason Cole had to gain some weight. Uh, we know that Mason Cole played at Michigan, which a lot of really good defensive linemen. He played at Georgia, three-year starter. Um, so I, I didn't think there was a huge drop-off. I, I just, you know, listening to the broadcast, I listened to Wolf say there were times, um, you know, he was getting pushed around a little bit, and it may that affected Kyler Murray got in the pocket. Again, it's a, it's a all five guys got to be in unison, and they got to be in sync. Um, so, but again, I think it's a good dilemma to have where you got two starters that you can play.
0: Also good to see Jalen Thompson working on the side as well. He's still on injured reserve for at least one more game, but it appears maybe it will just be a three game absence for him, which would certainly be good news for the Cardinals secondary, especially that safety position, which brings us to Buda Baker. He did undergo surgery. According to Kingsbury quote, everything went well. No timetable, though, on Baker's absence because, in the words of the head coach, quote, I don't want to put any timetable on it just because knowing Buddha and the type of superhuman he is, end quote. I'd be surprised if we saw him this week, but it wouldn't surprise me if he is back, certainly for that Jets contest.
1: Well, I mean, you you just look at the depth of that position, now, there's been speculation, not, not speculation, they've talked about possibly uh, lining Isaiah Simmons up there, um, Deontay Thompson, uh, we're going to find out more about Banjo, um, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't rule it out, just, I think it's going to be a pain tolerance, and what kind of cast would you have to wear? I've heard the comparison,
0: and I don't know if it was the same, but Drew Brees underwent had thumb surgery, and there was several weeks of him missing. But you're talking about a quarterback needing to throw the ball versus a defender who, you know, Baker played with that hand wrapped up significantly and played pretty well, got his hand on a ball, almost had an interception, might have hurt his fingers on the left hand. So he could play. I just think, as you said, maybe it's more of a pain tolerance and trying to figure out the best way to utilize, you know, the the wrap to where he can still make plays, tackle, and maybe perhaps get that first interception.
1: Well, guys like you and I, we connect the dots. I mean, unless they make a roster move, I mean, how many safeties are going to line up? I mean, you you look at the practice squad. Again, can can Murphy play a little bit back there? I mean, he's really a slot corner. He can cover tight ends. Um, You know, you you prefer Campbell. I guess Simmons can cover. Um, You have Riley at I don't know. I, I, I think they would have brought in a veteran player um, or somebody off another practice. But again, a practice squad, you know, they if Buddha's coming back this week or next week, it's not a long-term thing. But I do think if if they can put a cast on him, this is just me, because, you know, according to Kingsbury on uh, 98.7, he, he kind of said maybe it could be a game, but we're hoping to get him back. He didn't really... Put a time frame. It Today was more optimistic, which is encouraging after the surgery, I got to think. So I, I I think it's a possibility. I guess we'll just have to wait and see, you know, because I'm assuming they'll, they'll put a cast and then they'll, they'll figure out Do you like this one and then put another one on. You know, what's your mobility? Can you move your thumb? Probably not do they tape it in that's going to be difficult to wrap up so there are factors but clearly you don't want to have any setbacks
0: no certainly not with a player of that caliber too but at now least with- it's
1: excuse me at least it's not a lower extremity he's coming back from an MCL you know a hamstring there's nothing else I mean it's it's not a long-term injury from a standpoint because we've seen guys you know have a finger issue name you know Hakeem Butler now different story there versus Buda Baker returning. So uh, pain tolerance, I, you know, I, but again, they get, they got to make sure he's, he, if he's 80 or 90%, I think he's going to play. It's just, you you don't want to be a liability out there.
0: Yeah. And him at less than a hundred percent is better than what you've got at a hundred percent as of at least right now on the roster. Now with respects to the game on Sunday, there will be fans in attendance The Carolina Panthers will have fans for the first time this season at home. Upwards of 5,200 are going to be allowed to be at Bank of America Stadium. And that uh, that could be good news for DeAndre Hopkins, who is somewhat going back home, at least close to home. And he brought it up earlier today that the last time he played against the Panthers in Carolina, he sees a lot of Clemson Orange in the stands. So... Maybe a little bit uh, of a home field, or maybe maybe a home field advantage. How about a cheering section for DeAndre Hopkins, perhaps on Sunday?
1: That would be nice, but you got to figure 5,200. I mean, are they going inside uh, in-house or those fans? I mean, it said fans, so are those season ticket holders? I mean, I'm sure 65,000 people want to be in there. Now, to me, this is really encouraging because we've talked about and. I think they did a nice trial run, uh, um, on Sunday against the Lions. When the Cardinals return home, we could be having the same conversation. Again, we'll, you know, I think that the arrow's pointing in the right direction now. It's just a matter of how things shake out over the next couple of weeks, but uh, it's nice to see you're starting to see more stadiums. Yes, smaller capacities, but uh, we're making progress versus no fans for the entire season, like they have announced in college football and, and I guess conferences.
0: Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com app for more. The Panthers, a first-year head coach leading them, and Matt Rule, and this is going to be one of those interesting storylines for this contest because you've got a pair of former Big 12 head coaches now coaching on opposite sides, of the field once again. Kingsbury at Texas Tech, Rule at Baylor. They met twice in the Big 12. Rule won the second matchup in 2018 after Kingsbury got the better of Rule and Rule's first season at Baylor in 2017, 38 to 24, but the rematch won by Rule 35 to 24. And we learned today that uh, because of that win by Rule, Cliff Kingsbury lost his job at Texas Tech. So Rule says he felt somewhat responsible and sent him a text talking about Kingsbury, quote, sorry about that. These two are very good friends. In fact, Rule mentioned that he reached out to Kingsbury before making the jump himself to the NFL level. So maybe a little bit uh, of payback revenge, if you will, for Kingsbury now after he was uh, fired because of Matt Rule.
1: Well, I think he was going to get fired because he didn't want a lot of <laughs> en- enough games. It, it just happened true. to be the timing. But um, I'm glad you brought this up because you know Matt Rule's kind of a defensive minded head coach. I'm sure he, he 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 actually spent some time with the Giants. Uh, obviously, when you work your way up there, you got to be a position coach. And it doesn't matter on that side of the ball. And then you're aware of Phil Snow. and Phil Snow was with uh, Rule at Baylor. No, Correct. Phil Snow. And
0: also at Temple.
1: At Temple, exactly. And he really changed that program around. Phil's, Phil Snow's been everywhere. He's been a code defense. He's been in the NFL before. He's at ASU. Um, so not that the Cardinals are running an air raid offense. I mean, we know that clearly when they go four wide, but they do have 10 and 11 personnel. And so it's not like the, it, it's one trick pony, so to speak, when it comes to play calling. But they're well aware of of some of the cons of the mesh concepts when it comes to RPOs, zone reads, design runs. Now you need the players to obviously you know perform at a high level. And just listening to the uh, Cardinals players, um, they think their secondary is pretty good. We know about Trey Boss and he'll come down and lay the lumber. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see like because. It, like Matt Patricia had to do a lot of research, and we know that he's a really experienced coordinator where Snow and you look at Rule, they've been going against this defense kind of for a while. So, you know, in college, different players, there wasn't, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, et cetera. But I think it's, it's kind of an interesting chess match between both head coaches.
0: Yeah, Phil Snow, the Panthers defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator under Rule at Baylor and also at Temple. The other storyline or the connection, if you will, is when both Rule and Snow were at Temple, they coached Hassan Reddick from 2013 to 2016 in that final season. His senior season, Reddick had nine and a half sacks. And then of course, you brought up Snow's time at ASU from 95 to 2000. He was the defensive coordinator under then head coach Bruce Snyder. So this is where if you are in the game long enough as a coach, you work your way up the ladder, you see familiar faces at different spots. And now you've got Two good friends, Rule considers Kingsbury a friend and vice versa. In fact, Kingsbury earlier today telling the uh, Panthers media, quote, he, talking about Rule, really felt bad that I lost my job because they beat us, end quote. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. But those are the things that you like to see because there is a fraternity amongst head coaches, even coaches that are new to the nfl kingsbury in his second year and rule in his first year
1: well i mean matt rule could have taken the job a year before i mean he was the finalist for the new york jets and they wanted him to keep part of that staff and and he you know he wasn't desperate he said i'm going back to baylor I, i'll wait it out and so you know he he obviously has been in the you know in front of the owners and being able to give his spiel and then Obviously at Baylor, he put, he got them back on a map after, after all that controversy. And here Dave Tepper went outside the box and hired him, came a six year contract. Um, you know, they're, they're building something there. You know, we, we talk about Breeze and Bray. They're getting older. It may not happen this year, but, and they're not giving away any Sunday games. They play hard. Um, one thing that the words we heard today were is they're exotic. That means you don't know where they're coming from. The, the, you know, where, you know, some teams, you know, they'll play their base defense. They'll blitz a little bit exotic means they changed it up based on your formation, based on matchups. So that's going to be interesting to watch. And, you know, we'll get into Kyler because um, he, I think he, he knows that he's got to become a better pa- a pocket passer. And he made some comments today that I thought, you know, kind of proves that he still wants to be that guy.
0: Well, let's get into Kyler Murray. It is a Wednesday. The quarterback speaks to the media on Wednesday following practice. And as far as how this offense has looked through three games, no one is happy. And there is certainly a sense that it's going to be sooner rather than later when we actually see this team break out, if you will, offensively for four quarters, for a full 60 minutes. But with regards to how Murray... Or what happened on Sunday against the Lions. We didn't see him run a lot. But Murray, again, asked earlier today, he prefers to stay in the pocket and throw, get the ball out to his playmakers, as opposed to him being a playmaker.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that he, he mentioned was, you know, the first three games, mistakes, negative plays, shooting, like you said, shooting yourselves in the foot. And hard to win when you turn the ball over. And so he recognizes what's going on there. And it's to a point where he, he really said it's about instincts when he's running. I mean, it just, he, I don't think he goes into the game and says, I'm going to run seven times today. It's the flow of the game. And he's had some big runs in the red zone from the 20 yard line. And that's impressive because when you get in the green zone, the field gets a lot shorter. And the way he's able to run, once he gets, you know, a sliver or he sees some real estate, he's going to run there. But I always thought, that based on him being able to make that throw from the right hash mark across the field and being able to throw a comeback route uh, to the left side of where the extra receiver usually lines up, he's got the arm strength. Um, I just think it's timing. I, I you know, I, they're mixing and matching guys in there. Kirk's been out now. Um, Arnold hasn't really, you know, been the guy initially. It's a long season. Uh, Avery Hopkins, you know, they're, he's still trying to work Larry and Keyshawn Johnson in there. So the the thing is, the biggest word we're going to hear is that they need to find some rhythm. And if they can avoid things he talked about, you know, the negative plays, shooting themselves in the foot, that that means you're going backwards. You can't go backwards. And, and he knows you can't turn the ball over three times. Hey, they're gonna—he's gonna throw interceptions. He's gonna fumble. You just can't have three in one game if you expect to win.
0: Well, we were watching that game on Sunday. At no point did I think the offense was not able to move the ball, whether running it or throwing it against this Lions defense. What stopped the Cardinals were the Cardinals, and, and specifically those three interceptions. There was almost a fourth, but those three interceptions stopped the Cardinals. Yeah, there were some penalties at some bad moments, but that is what you're talking about, the negative plays, the mistakes. There are too many, and right now this team is not good enough to overcome a number of mistakes during the course of the game. Maybe later this season, next year, down the road, when Murray gets a little bit more time under his belt, then yes, you can overcome those mistakes. Although, I'll say this, we'd be talking about that if that final drive didn't end in a punt and all of a sudden Murray marches downfield and scores and the Cardinals win the ball game, then the narrative is, well, you know what? He turned the ball over three times, but we overcame that. See, we are a good team. It's that slim margin of error right now that the Cardinals need to figure out to be on the other side as opposed to where they are right now.
1: Yeah, and, again, something different this year than last year where in the media on Wednesdays and Thursdays is because it's sometimes the first opportunity we talk to different players and coaches, but it doesn't seem like they really want to talk about the opponent as much.
0: It might be, it might just be that it's so early in the season Okay, and you hear this a lot. It's more about us than it is them. Now maybe now we did hear it when they faced the 49ers because they were the defending NFC champions but And that was a game that we we're all looking forward to. I don't think we're going to hear that, MJ, until we get to Dallas, Seattle. Okay. Those upper-tier teams, if you will. Not that they overlooked the Lions or they're overlooking the Panthers or next week against the Jets. Because it's so early in the season, correct your own mistakes, and then you can start – really focusing on the opponent. Not that they're not. I mean, there's a scout team. They're running yeah. plays that the Panthers run, although there is still somewhat unknown on what Carolina is going to do because it's a first-year head coach with a first-year system. Not a lot of game film except for these first three games. I think just because it's so early in the season, the lack of an off-season and preseason.
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, Blackson spoke and he talked about focusing on us, not so much the Panthers, but I, I agree with you from that standpoint. It's just I th- I think they feel like we, and it's clear they haven't played four quarters. Now, it's tough to do that. You know, the other team, is they have good players, too. That's the reason why the NFL has a draft. But I feel like they, they leave so many plays on the field where it's about us. It's, it hasn't really been about the opponent. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. The opponent's not stopping us. We're stopping ourselves.
1: Shooting ourselves in the foot. Okay, that because that's my antenna going up when I hear these guys talking. It's only been three weeks. We're going into yeah. the fourth game, yeah.
0: So it's something that I think we all anticipate that changing this week, although we had the same conversation a week ago ahead of the Lions game because you look on paper and this Panthers defense is not great, certainly not very good against the run. They're averaging or allowing almost five yards a rush. So is this the week, MJ, that the running game without Kyler Murray leading the charge gets going for the Cardinals?
1: If It all depends on how they play us. I mean, if they're, they're going to put six guys in a box now, everyone's saying the same thing. You know, I think it was finally uh, talked with, with Kingsbury and, and Chase Edmonds, and that was, yeah, you look on paper, they're averaging 4.x amount over four yards of carry. Um, you know, the numbers look good. But they don't have those explosive plays or those long runs, and they both think they're close. And, and Kyler said basically, they aren't being ignored. It's just the flow of the game right now. And he said they're very unselfish guys. They're not complaining, and that's the good news about this team. You don't see anything from Larry Fitzgerald about how many targets Larry wants to win. You know, you know. So for the most part, I mean. I do think they want to get the running game going, and I think people look at last week, and they say this is a 30-second team in in the the NFL. But once again, when you're behind the sticks, you're forced to throw it more than you want to run it. And and that's why I think it's important for this team to play with the lead. Well, and we saw the week prior
0: on how the Cardinals ended the game and with the running game because Kenyon Drake had four straight runs in Week 2 to kind of seal that victory for the Cardinals against Washington. But you said it. You're not able to do what you want to do offensively, open up the If it's out of rhythm, out of sync, you're stopping, you're starting, or you've got to play catch-up. If this team, and it might be true for every team, if you can play with a lead, then all of a sudden you have more at your disposal.
1: When I say play with the lead, I just like when they when they go hurry up. I like that Murray up offense. I think he's at his best maybe because it's not so much thinking it's improvising, but also playing it within the, the frame of the offense. I think that gets his juices going. And when they get a big play, you know, they run to the ball and the defense now has got to try to figure it out. And I think they really, it's, that's kind of like their jump starter. That's like their battery to get that offense going. You can't do it all the time. You can't go three and out. Um But, I, when, I, that, when I say we play for a lead, now all of a sudden, let's say they're able to score seven points out of that. The other team feels like, man, that was a quick drive. Now it could be three and a half, four minutes. they I think the other team said, well, we got to counter that. And if you can get them off the field, Cardinals feel like we get good field position and we can keep it going, you know, like build momentum. But in order to do that, Craig, they got to be in rhythm. It can't be one, one uh, possession or one drive. It, it's got to be. Clicking. And and to be honest, I still think it's another week. Um, You know, because people don't, nobody likes the preseason. I get it. Um, When I hear veteran players like Chandler Jones and other players, even Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, they need a preseason. Whether they play in the fourth preseason game or not, you're going against other competitions. We talk about joint practices. So, and Cliff admitted he's been watching film on cut ups, and the game isn't, it's been a little bit more sloppy. They've cut down on the penalties. I think they're letting these guys play, um, but without having a true off season, I think we're starting to see it now. They've scored more points, more touchdowns than any other three week season. So it's just interesting how things are shaking out. But I still think we're a week away from really this offense clicking now that should not make an excuse you go there and try to win the football game because everyone's dealing with this
0: yes and that's an important distinction because none of the players when that excuse has been brought up completely downplayed it now you bring up cliff kingsbury as far as this being a preseason for him he needs to get into a rhythm as far as play calling is concerned figuring out the pieces. Yeah, the only really new piece is DeAndre Hopkins. But this is year two, what worked, what didn't work. And I'll go back to something that you've been harping on since he got hurt. And I hear Ron Wolfley talk about it all the time with respect to the run game, which sets up the pass game. The absence of Max Williams cannot be overlooked in this situation. Yeah, they're averaging 4.7 yards a game. But Kyler Murray is accounting for more than 40% of the rushing yards for this team. And, yes, it's been successful twice, not so successful on Sunday against the Lions. But you do want to see Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds get going. And I think hopefully, as we said a week ago, hopefully it's this week.
1: Yeah, because you can't rely on on Kyler's running. I mean, you can pencil him in 25, 30 yards, but that's – um, again, it's more improvising. You know, I, I always mention Maxine probably doing a disservice, but I think it's also a compliment when I see meat and potatoes guy. I mean, that's what he is, and he's he's fine with that role, and he was rewarded with a contract extension. He just has more experience than Arnold and Daniels and Thomas. And, you know, he's 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 played on different teams, and he's been coached differently, so he's, he's got a different style to him, and he's a tough guy. I mean, i not saying that. Arnold, Dan Arnold, and Daniels and Thomas aren't tough. I mean, this guy is willing to he's willing he's willing to get dirty on some days, and so I think they miss him, and, and that could be why. Because when we talk about getting to the second layer, you know, a guy like Max Williams, if he can hold containment on the outside to seal the edge, that's where the guards start pulling, and he can get to the second layer, and that's where a five yard run becomes a thirteen yard run. So, but he's not coming back. um, You know, that that's that's, that's something that I think that. It's it's under the radar, but to me, I've watched this team, and I, it's very noticeable.
0: Yeah, the last health update we received was from General Manager Steve Kahn one week ago Friday on Doug and Wolf on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, said it'd be midseason. Now, yeah. is midseason week five? Is midseason week ten? Who knows, but it is certainly an absence that is not going to show up On a stat sheet, and for some, you're going to look and, well, he's not there. Just plug in the next guy. Well, different skill set and knowing what your role is and how to get off your blocks or get to the second level with the second block to spring Drake or Edmonds free or even a Kyler Murray, that's where I think this run game is the next step for it, and it has to be even without Max Williams on the field.
1: Well, you know, whether it's before or after the bye week, the fact that he's on the radar, that that's that only can get better. Now, if you wanted me to back up what I'm saying about Max Williams, look where he was great at last year as a tight end. and then He was in the top three. He was in the 80s. Just blocking. I mean, he's not, he's not a guy that's going to run a 40. Uh, we know that he can catch ball in the traffic. He had the drop last year when it was in the sun. Yeah, but but the fact that they may get him back, I mean, but right now they got to kind of figure it out. Is that better going with 11 person or, you know, 10 personnel? Then is that why they're going four, four wide? Because to me, when you go four wide, the biggest issue is you have to protect the edges. And that's why I don't think Cliff's gone full born 10 personnel. I think he he knows you got to go 11 personnel, three wide, one tight, one back. You can go 12 personnel. Two tight ends, two wide at one back. You have to protect the edges, and that's the only thing that playing, going for wide, which you want to spread out. Kyle gets rid of the ball. He's getting rid of the ball like two point one seven two two, but that's the only problem. And I think if Max Williams was in there, they would go a lot with three wide receivers, one tight, one back.
0: I'll say this, though. Darrell Daniels, I think, I don't know, depth chart-wise, but he is certainly someone that is a better blocker than Dan Arnold. And we did see Kyler Murray look to Daniels a couple of different times on Sunday, made some great catches on the right flat, gained some positive yards. So perhaps he's developing and showing improvement to where you see him more on the field than a Dan Arnold because a lot of Arnold's snaps – he split as a wide receiver.
1: Yeah, and and that's a good point because he's got the body. I, I was intrigued with him last year, and he plays on teams. But now you can, now you can go twelve personnel and have him protect the edge, and then you can also have, you know, Dan Arnold kind of chip and go out. So that gives you another option. So the fact that they're not, um, I mean, they're willing to play two tight ends to me. And Thomas is just younger. So, no, I, I thought Daniel showed last year. I definitely think he's much uh, more physical and he's a, a better blocker than Arnold. But, you know, there's a drop-off. But these guys, at least they got some playing time. And, you know, as the offense starts to unfold, we'll see how how it, uh, what kind of roles they have. Again, I want to see Arnold catch the ball, but he can't have those um, penalties like he's had. It's, it's cost his team some negative yards.
0: Well, and it's going to cost them playing time as well because the further you get in the season, you just can't afford those mistakes, especially if it's the same mistakes being made. All of a sudden, you're going to find yourself as a spectator as opposed to on the field. Now, with respect to those big plays on the ground, those long runs, Kingsbury was asked about it earlier today and said, quote, those plays will come, end quote, meaning that they they feel like they're close. And I think... If you want to look at what happened on Sunday as far as Kenyon Drake had three plays, three rushing plays of 10 or more yards, 11, 15 and 14. And that 14 one came in the fourth quarter on that final drive. It's just unfortunate that it didn't go anywhere. So when you talk about being this close, you can't keep saying it week in and week out, yet the Cardinals need to get over the hump and find some way. to get the offense going because as much as Cardinal fans want to sit there and pick apart the defense and defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, you know, for me, it always going to come back to the offense, especially when your head coach is an offensive mind and Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick, he's going to get the praise. He's going to get the criticism. So right now it's all on his shoulders for this team.
1: Well, when they say it's close, that that means that they're seeing stuff on film that maybe it's, you know, um, making a block here, You know, extending your block a little bit longer, so they must be seeing stuff. Um, But you know, football's timing, and every week it's a different opponent, and they're going to attack you differently. But they must be seeing stuff to where they feel it's close. And we, I got that impression from D.J. Humphreys, got that impression from Cliff Kingsbury, got that impression from Kyler Murray. And, again, uh, he gives credit to Drake and Evans because they're unselfish guys. I mean, that tells me, you know, the importance is to win. Obviously, when you're out there, you got to take advantage of your opportunity. But I'm glad you brought up those three runs because, you know, if you, if you look at your average yards per carry, you know, they're all doing well on paper. It's just breaking off that long run. And I think it's a matter of time, whether it happens this week. But I, I, I do see in the future, though.
0: Well, Drake right now is at 4.1 yards per carry he finishes the season with that and that's a successful season it's just we haven't seen him play a large part in moving the ball up and down the field he hasn't wowed us if you will like he did so many times when he first got here last season and that doesn't mean he needs to rush for a hundred yards on Sundays it just means like oh okay there's There's a nice gain of 15, and it helps set up this scoring drive. And it was a five play scoring drive led by the rushing attack. I don't think we've been able to say that a lot, unless you're talking about inside the red zone. And that's when when Kyler Murray's been so successful.
1: Well, when, you know, again, playing to a lead, you don't win the coin toss. You know, obviously you try to make a stop because you double up, possibly scoring before the half and then deferring the ball. But that, that 49ers game, he was so explosive in the fourth quarter. Because they had the lead, that's what that's what they want to do. I mean, he's not going to take his foot off the gas. He's not going to get conservative. Um, obviously, they're going to come after you if they're trailing. They're going to try to punch the ball out. But I thought that that was a recipe for what this team could do, playing close to the best or at least playing and you know exchanging touchdowns, and then towards the end. You know, get a eight point lead, so it's a two possession or nine game, nine point lead. It's a two possession game where you can wear them down. So I think that's the plan. It's just every game is different.
0: It's funny. You got DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Andy <laughs> Isabella, Keyshawn <laughs> Johnson, and we're talking about a running game and getting the run game going, but it's all predicated on that. You hear it every single week. What does Vance Joseph say? Got to stop the run. Got to make a team one dimensional. And yeah, you can be a great passing attack. But putting the ball in the air, more mistakes can happen when that ball is thrown versus when you hand the ball off to a running
1: back. Hey, do you want to go back to last year when the Cardinals played out? Not so much who the quarterback was, but do you remember who probably was the best player on the field that day?
0: Against Carolina last year?
1: Christian McCaffrey. Oh,
0: okay. Well, I thought you meant on the Cardinals.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Bringing it up, he's not playing this week. So you, stop, you talk about stopping the run, and I don't want to see anybody injured. I'm serious. But don't – even though the backups are in there, you know, we, we, we got a chance to see Latavius Murray a couple years ago, right? Yep. And they, they all those running backs, I think they like to get their touches. So that's going to be a, another big factor. They just don't have the guy that can catch the ball in the backfield because, let's be honest, he is a mismatch in the secondary, McCaffrey.
0: Well, that's a great tease for tomorrow's show, MJ, because Thursday, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph addresses the media. And we'll have to uh, wait until then to hear what he has to say about a Panthers offense that is missing perhaps the biggest piece in the NFL. And that is an absence of of christian mccaffrey bird gang subscribe to arizona cardinals podcast on apple podcast spotify google podcast stitcher and soundcloud listen to your favorite shows on the go like cardinals underground the big red raves the cardinals red sea report and of course this show cardinals cover Two. visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information all right mj so if it's not christian mccaffrey who do you think coach joseph is going to single out tomorrow
1: well, you got to start with the quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. You know they got Robbie Anderson, and you know they're probably going to go run it back by committee, filling in for Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a interesting matchup because once again, we're talking about on paper the Cardinals are a better team. Now you just got to go execute like you're the better team this week.